When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, it is mid-May. We uh, we got a little some things to update on. How are you doing? You ready to go? Playing hurt. You're playing hurt. Yeah, playing hurt. You know, I took one yeah. look at you, and my first question was, what happened to the other guy? I texted you, and I said, don't be alarmed. Um, I'm looking like I'm dying. And then I sent you a separate text message that basically alluded to the fact that I looked like I played nose tackle for the 85 bears. <laughs> yeah. You got a I full nasal a, strip going. Got a nasal strip going. Um, my face is like flush and puffy. I look like absolute <laughs> hell, but I'm here. You are here. That's the, that is the point. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you are not committed to this year podcast because 110% effort. Absolutely. No quit in this man. We are here for you. We are here in mid-May to talk ACC football for you guys. We are going to do that. Um, Mike, let's jump in with a story that hit today. So we've got a couple of news stories we're going to hit on, uh, a couple of little updates that have happened, and then we've got a listener question, and I think that'll be plenty for a podcast that we're going to act like goes 45 minutes and actually goes like an hour and 10. So uh, everybody buckle up. Let's start with a news story, Mike. Uh, there was important news that dropped today from the NCAA that kind of rolls into a bigger story that has been in the discussion uh, in the news here for the last week or two in college football. Uh, Mike, what was that ruling that came out from the NCAA today? Essentially, divisions are abolished, Joey, if you want to, right? It's yeah. given conferences the wherewithal to go ahead, scrap your divisions, the traditional format, basically for every conference except for the Big 12. And the only reason why the Big 12 doesn't have divisions is because they, you guys will remember, teams transfer out. They're like, all right, well, what are we going to do now with our existing divisions? We're just going to have the top two teams play each other. The NCAA kind of let that go because Big 12 was only playing with 10 teams at one one point in time. So they were like, yeah. you know, we're just going to kind of let that continue. Yeah, I mean, you play, a, gave the Big 12, you play a nine-game nine game conference schedule you just play a round yep. robin at that point yeah exactly so and then the top two teams in terms of win percentage faced off in the big 12 championship game well now joey every conference can do that mm -hmm. um the ncaa is essentially letting that happen now which makes me wonder like where was this all along mm -hmm. like why didn't you just let conferences do this before it seems kind of harmless to me but yeah, I think that's one of the things that's interesting is that people don't don't realize and it's it's easy to just not notice that the NCAA actually up until recently now has had laws or bylaws, rules, whatever you want to call them around like how you are allowed to run a conference championship game. Um, and there's some really interesting history, I think, that uh, Andy Staples has gotten into on his podcast a couple times recently is that there there was a, a rule proposed back in like the late 80s by some like division three conference or something up in Pennsylvania 
that wanted to have a conference championship game. So they wrote the, the rule that, you know, if a conference has at least 14 teams, we can have uh, a conference championship game. And then before the rule was actually passed, there was another conference that reached out and was like, hey, can we just like change that to 12, you know, so that we could have one too? And they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like 12 teams. Okay. Next thing you know, you got a rule and now the SEC has divisions and everyone's doing that and having conference championship games and the whole thing. So it was kind of this like by accident thing that happened. But yeah, a lot of those those rules of, you know, how many teams you have to have, the fact you have to break it into divisions, all that, like you said, Mike, kind of going out the window. And really where that's relevant is, again, going back over the past couple of weeks, we've heard a lot about the ACC redoing its scheduling model. And this only seems to really lend itself perfectly to pave the way for the ACC to make that change. Yeah, and I hate the scheduling model, by the way. I hate it. Do you? Uh, I do. And I'll, I'll get into that. Um, I hate parts of it. Okay. I like the idea. I hate parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ACC is going with a three-five-five scheduling format. What that means, Joey, is that there are going to be three permanent opponents for each school. Mm-hmm. They will play those three opponents every single year. Mm-hmm. Their remaining five opponents will rotate on and off the schedule um, on, on a biannual basis every other year, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have um, new five teams, you know, coming onto the schedule, you know, five new conference opponents, um, but you'll still have those remaining three like permanent ACC teams um, that you'll play against every year. I hate the three team aspect of it because I don't think there are enough teams that have like relevant, like permanent rivalry games, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you could do this in a way where like Florida State, Miami always play, Virginia, Virginia Tech always play, North Carolina, NC State always play. I think you can still find a way to do that without doing this like three, five, five formula. I, I don't, I don't love it. I like the principle of it. I just don't like the three permanent opponents part of it because I think there are going to be some schools who are going to have these three permanent opponents with no real rhyme or reason to like why the league chose those three teams for that specific opponent. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that's going to be a question of several schools. So I'm not crazy about that part, but I do like the general principle of, we're not seeing like the same five coastal teams every year. Right. And then right. you're seeing like a couple, couple or same six, I guess, and the crossover games. And so you always have one permanent crossover opponent in the other division. It's like, you're seeing the same schedule year in and year out. And it's really a matter of like three, four or five years before you see an opponent from a different division. Um, you know, Virginia tech, I think, would love to have Blacksburg popping on a Saturday night to welcome Clemson to town like they did in 2017. I'm sure they would like to do something like that more often. It made the town a ton of money that weekend. College game day was there, et cetera. Um, you really didn't have that for a while. You know, it's been the same teams every single year, the one permanent crossover, then the one random team from the other division. And um, so, so getting rid of that, I think is a good thing, but I don't like the three permanent opponents part of it. Sure. And that's, that's fair. I think there's maybe something to that. Um, I, I think there's, there's, there's a couple things that I think are worth noting here. Um, number one is that this three, five, five model is similar, but distinctly different from the quote unquote pods model that we've talked about before. So in this one, for instance, I think what, what I've seen a lot of places talking about is Georgia Tech would probably be paired up with Clemson, Florida State, and Duke. Um, now, in a in a pods model, that would mean that Clemson is paired up with Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Duke. 
Duke is paired up with Clemson, Florida State, and Georgia Tech, etc. In this one, Georgia Tech has those three matchups, but then Florida State would have Georgia Tech, probably Miami, and maybe Clemson. Clemson would have Georgia Tech, NC State, and you know, pick somebody else. Miami gets Florida State, Virginia Tech, and so, you know, so it's 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 a little bit more fluid from team to team rather than basically just creating mini divisions. So that's that's one thing. I don't I don't really mind it, Mike. I think there are actually a good number of these, and and kind of what I'm saying is is a likely scenario for Georgia Tech. You know, you're saying that there's a lot of these games that uh, that really don't need to be played on an annual basis. In a lot of cases, I think there's some loss. Like we're probably not going to be seeing the Tech Mobile every year at this point. That's probably going to be an every other year kind of thing. You know, I think there are some of these you know, somewhat rivalry games, at least, that have come to be that we're going to see a little bit less. But in return, now Georgia Tech gets to play Florida State at least every two years instead of having not played them since the Miracle on Tech would drive in 2015, aside from the weird, wonky 2020 schedule that was totally reworked and everything went out the window anyways, right? Like That was a lot of fun that year. It wasn't bad. wasn't bad. Um so, yeah, I mean, you, you, you get those things where you, you have teams in the same conference that don't play each other for years and years and years on end. And that's really one of the silly and kind of dumb things about this divisional model, the way it's worked out, and especially with how the, the conference has grown to where now you only have one rotating uh, cross-divisional game per year. So I, I, I'm in favor of it. I, I like the model a lot. Um, I think it'll make for some more interesting scheduling and TV. I think it makes for better ticket sales, I'm guessing, and uh, ability to uh, draw interest in some of these games. I think it's a good thing. I, I think it's interesting to see kind of way, where they're going to line up some of these teams together because, uh, again, you know, some of these are more traditional rivalries. And, and some of the obvious, really obvious ones, I mean, again, you mentioned Miami, Florida State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, like some of those – those are going to be uh, preserved, but then you have some other like newer teams in the conference that, you know, I don't know that Louisville has a ton of traditional rivals within the conference. So like, what do you do with them? Right. So there's, there's some yeah. opportunity. And honestly, what that could do is create new rivalries, which is kind of fun too. So um, I'm in favor. I think it's good for the conference. I think it's good for college football. I think it'll make this show a lot more fun to do with the exception of uh you know, Georgia Tech being the real tech for like two full years because they won't play Tech <laughs> yeah. in between. Yeah, that's something I've always been concerned about in the uh, Jeff Collins era. Yeah, that's a, a big concern is Georgia Tech winning like any game is a big concern, Mike. Mostly because you don't know how to spend the rest of your Saturday after the, you win a game, right? It's like, do I celebrate? What, what do I do with my weird? hands? Right. You go to this confession? Like what? What do we do? <laughs> do we record a Saturday night recap? Hammer? <laughs> yes. I have nothing to rant about. It's strange. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one of the interesting things. I think, honestly, in the other piece of this, Mike, that I think is great is we are very reasonably looking at this starting up for the fall of 23. Um, we already have a schedule in place for this fall, but beyond that, this is a hundred percent on the table. And so that's, that's, that could be a really fun thing that we're talking about here in just the next 12 months or so uh, is something kind of new and kind of different. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah. 
the NCAA put out this ruling, and like within 15 minutes, the Pac-12 came out and like said, "We're doing away with our our divisions" or something like that. I mean, it was like almost like that was planned in lockstep. Right, huh? right. Yeah, it's the whole NBA free agency thing of you just right. you know negotiated a long, complicated contract within the first eight minutes of uh, free agency. That's crazy, man. Good job. That's weird. 12, 12.06 a.m. You got a deal already? Yeah, it's amazing. It's weird. So, anyways, I thought that was a fun thing, Mike, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it personally. Yeah, I'm more mad that Virginia Tech has to play like Boston College every year for no goddamn reason. Okay, so that was a thing that uh, Andy Staples and or Ari Wasserman, I think, mentioned in particular. They were like, People were so mad about that, and I think that they kind of missed the point. So you tell me if I've got this right. My understanding is not that those teams like really have it out for each other, kind of want to be away from each other as much as they're just like bored of playing each other and don't yes. see the point or you know don't see a value in it. It's it's B, yeah, <laughs> the latter. Yeah, I got no actual animosity for Boston College. I don't care. I mean. Yeah, they beat Tech some years. Tech beats them in others. I, they're fine. Mm-hmm. I just so sick of watching that game every year. I mean, aside from the obvious pairing with Virginia, I'm sure you could come up with two former Big East matchups that you're probably more enthused about. You know, if if you get, if I gave you Virginia Tech with Virginia, North Carolina, and Miami, you would probably go nuts over that. Like that's I'd sign up. Yeah, like where do I sign? Schedule. <laughs> yeah, where do I sign? But of course, the North Carolina schools are all going to be paired together, like pretty much flawlessly. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Wake, Duke, UNC, NC State. Mm-hmm. God, pretty much a round robin there is kind of what I would expect. Yeah. So have fun oh, with that. That'll be fun for Duke. And so I guess what this means, Mike, is ultimately again, like as as you were referring to before, is without divisions, what you end up with is the top two teams in terms of win percentage would then go to Charlotte to play for the ACC championship. So you would no longer have ten and two NC State missing out on the ACC championship because they're in the same division as twelve and zero Clemson, and instead eight and four take your pick of coastal team makes it instead. You know, you you would be able to get NC State there as well. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this on a recent podcast, but like with the exception of this past year when Pitt won the conference, like how often has it been in recent years where the second best team in the ACC was in Clemson's division? It's happened pretty frequently. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. At least least somebody in the running for second best. Right. I mean, since you and I have started this podcast, it's been pretty consistently in other Atlantic school. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, the exception, I guess, being the weird, fluky Miami team that had like, you know, plus 1,000 turnover margin. <laughs> um, and Malik Rozier, Rozier, mm-hmm. I think we were pronouncing his name wrong all year. It doesn't matter. He sucked. Didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Mike, but, he was a yeah, winner. Okay. That Miami team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cam. Cam knew that. Yeah, that was the whole thing. <laughs> he did Cam was playing that up. He knew that. He knew that team wasn't any good, and he just played it up on the pot. <laughs> we had him on like three times. He beat the, Miami, beat Virginia Tech and Notre Dame back to back weeks. They're flashing the turnover chain, and then we have Cam on. He goes, "Yeah, this team's awesome." He's like, "All right, Cam, tell us what you really think." He goes, "This quarterback is not any good. We don't have a quarterback." <laughs> 
Yeah. Sorry for my Miami rant. Anyway, most of the most of the second best teams have come out of the Atlantic since we started this podcast. Yeah, you, you're correct. You're correct. I'm trying to remember who yeah. the uh, who the backup was. That was Nikosi Perry. Was the backup? Nikosi Perry. There you In, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I almost said Jacory Harris. I was that for a throwback <laughs> a decade ago. That was before the podcast. I saw him my freshman year at Tech. That was the Logan Thomas touchdown run and with like two minutes left. That mm-hmm. game was lit. It's Mike Patrick on the call for ESPN. Hell yeah. Good old days. <laughs> good times, man. Good times. Let's keep the good times rolling here. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There we transition. go. Um, what else we got? Uh, Mike, we have betting odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Thank God for that. Right? Yep. The lifeblood of this show. Mike, uh, it was a little over a week ago. I got an email with some opening conference championship odds uh, for the ACC, among others. This is are from, these from BetUS? Uh, they are not from BetUS. That is not. They are not from America's alleged favorite sports book. Uh, favorite online sports book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, looking at an email. I won't. I won't go any further. But I'm looking at an email chain right now as we speak. I opened it up from <laughs> February. Oh no! And all you can do is laugh. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'll take that off air. Yeah, that guy's dead in a barrel somewhere. (laughs) That was almost us. Um, (laughs) We we have conference championship odds. Uh, I I am curious. I'm going to go through these real quick, and I am curious as to which of them stick out to you as interesting value here. Are you ready? I'm ready. So we'll go from shortest odds, you know, the favorite to the uh, the longest odds, the biggest underdog. Mike, who's the favorite? Clemson. They're at two to three, so a little uh, a little less than even money that you're getting on a future for Clemson to win the ACC. Second favorite is Miami at five to one, Pittsburgh at nine to one, NC State ten to one, North Carolina eleven to one, Wake Forest twenty to one. Florida State 33 to 1, Virginia also 33 to 1, Boston College 40, Louisville 66, Virginia Tech your Hokies 80, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets 125. Holy god. Syracuse 150 and would you like to guess Duke's odds, Mike? 210 higher. Yikes. 240. Double it. Yikes. 500 to 1. Yikes. <laughs> $1 wins you 500 if Duke wins the ACC championship. That's a, that's a little bit of a rebuild, Mike. <laughs> a little bit of a rebuild going on in Durham. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're the worst team in the conference by a lot, but yikes. Yeah, a little bit rough. A little bit rough. Uh, Mike, there were a couple of these that stuck out to me as very interesting value propositions. I already have my favorite. Who's your favorite? NC State. At 10 to 1. I agree. That was definitely one that stuck out. Yep. Uh, Devin Leary coming back. Mm-hmm. Skill talent on the outside. Good defense. Mm-hmm. Dave Dorn's a good coach, it turns out. Yeah, I like that. They, they've, got, they've got the pieces there, I think. Um, kind of yep. all over that team. I think that's... I, I like that a lot, um, especially if you're looking to fade Clemson in the uh, in the Atlantic Division. I think yep. that's a really, really good way to go. Yeah. Um, 
you're going to laugh at me for this. I also like North Carolina at 11 to 1. Um, sure, why not? I mean, it's, again, it's a talented roster. Like, new defensive coordinator. You know, you lose Sam Howell, but I, I mean, you've got some pretty good talent in that room coming in to replace him. I, I think there's just a chance. I don't, I don't hate it at 11 to 1. And then is there a is there a chance that Miami might be a little overvalued? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a really good chance of that. Uh, yeah, I, I think Pitt I think Pitt should be the favorite in the Coastal. Is that weird? It we've had this conversation. It it is weird because of what I I'm seeing Pitt losing both you know player wise and coach wise, and I'm thinking yeah, you know they're not going to repeat after after last year with all that they lost. And then I look at the other six teams in the coastal, and I'm like, who yep. who can't Pitt beat here? So it's I, less know, maybe. it's less about Pitt and more about the rest of the teams in the division. Yeah, I I think it's probably right that Miami is considered the favorite, especially considering the quarterback they've got. I don't think this is a quick fix for Mario Cristobal, though, and especially with that offensive line, it is going to take some time to get it right. Um, I they they might win the the coastal division, but a couple of these teams that have really good defensive fronts, I think are going to give Miami some pretty big problems this year. I agree. So I agree. We will see. I'm going to give you the other one, Mike, and this is a, I don't usually do this. I wouldn't normally do this. I kind of like Clemson at two to three. Like you go look at the odds that we're getting at this time of year for Clemson in previous years. Yeah, that that's, that's very true. When you take into historical context, these are pretty good odds for Clemson. This is way better odds. Usually you're getting like, one to eight or something like that at this point of the year, maybe one to 10 at two to three. I mean, it's less than even money, but that's still the most talented roster in the ACC. They've, you know, they've got Cade Klubnick there behind DJU as a second option. If the, you know, the quarterback thing still isn't working out like there's you mean first option. It very well might be. Um, yeah, there, there is clearly a path. I mean, obviously there's a path for Clemson to win the conference and, uh, maybe even run away with it. You know, maybe 2021 was a blip. I don't know. Lots to We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Yeah. A lot of coaching changes. And I, I mean, I, I think Clemson should be the favorite. Um, you're right. Historically speaking, you don't get these kind of odds for Clemson very often, but you don't get a quarterback playing as poorly as DJU very often at Clemson either. Yep. So. Yep. You want any part of Boston College at 40 to 1? I, I don't mind it, um, but I think they're a clear step below NC State for sure. Um, a clear step below Clemson, then probably half step behind NC State, I would say. But at 40 to 1, why not take a flyer on it? I'm just banking on Phil Dracovic coming back. Man, with what he yeah. looked like in 2020 and in year three under Jeff Halfley, I don't think it's the craziest thing to suggest that Boston College could kind of catch fire this fall. No, no, it's not crazy at all. Um, how healthy is Dracovic is the question. So we'll see. I mean, he came back from his wrist injury and the last year and did not look very good. He was not healthy. Um, not really sure why he came back like early. Mm-hmm. He came back with three games left. That was easy. was like fighting for a bowl game, obviously, you know, and, and you and I had the theory that maybe he was trying to put some on tape for scouts, but like he was not himself. Right. Not healthy. No, so, he was not. What's his health look like? I'm willing to give him a pass for the poor play the last few games. I mean, he just wasn't, was not 100%. Yeah, as, as soon as he went out with that injury, 
whenever he came back, whatever he did after that, I, I do not, I, I'm kind of throwing that all out. I, yeah. I think give us some time to heal up. I think it was, you know, it was the wrist. I think it was a wrist. Um, it was wrist. Yep. It was his wrist. I think that was causing some issues still down the stretch. Yeah. So. If he's yeah, right it, and and everything else gels, I think I think there's a path there for Boston College as well. I agree. If you're Jeff Halfley, I understand why you why you'd play like 50% of Feldrakovic over like 90% of Dennis Grossell. Uh-huh. I watched that live against Clemson a few years ago. I've told this several times. The worst quarterback play I've ever seen in my entire life. Play 50% of Feldrakovic over 110% of. Dennis Grissel. Yeah. <laughs> Grissel's, playing, real hard. Grissel's playing a game of his life. You still take whatever Jacobic can get you at 50%. <laughs> Grissel, he tries real hard. You know? This so is he, a uh, Dennis Grissel stand show. So don't, don't get yeah. us wrong. We love that guy. That was like when West Virginia was playing clip trick at a quarterback. <laughs> it was like, dear God, this kid's like 145 pounds and he's really trying. But How did we get here? God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there, there's your odds. Uh, again, kind of like Clemson at two to three, NC State at ten to one, North Carolina eleven to one. I don't know, maybe Pitt at nine to one, Boston College forty to one. I don't hate those either. Um, so, if you can, uh, if you can find those somewhere, yeah, sure, go do it. America's favorite online sports book. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> sp- Speaking of organizations that sponsor us, Mike, let's remind the people about Section103.com. An actual sponsor. An actual sponsor, and that, yeah, it's actually a really good partner for us, and we really appreciate it. Very good. Mike, uh, it is the best place on the internet to go find Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, It it is so good. It it is so hard to find good stuff for Georgia Tech anywhere else. It is not hard to find it at Section103.com. Uh, they've got T-shirts, they've got sweatshirts, they've got hoodies, uh, they've got things in a, a, a like kind of performance wear. They've got cotton, uh, things in the official Tech gold. They've got that ATL logo, all the official word marks of Georgia Tech, uh, everything. They've got a beautiful baseball shirt. Uh, it's that kind of three-quarter length T-shirt with the uh, yep. you know white T-shirt with navy sleeves and script jackets across it. Uh, Georgia Tech trying to get into the uh, the College World Series or you know the the postseason i guess oh the tournament i mean do we do we want to talk about college baseball teams because this might turn into a college baseball podcast virginia tech is one of the best teams in the country joey funny how that makes you a college baseball fan all of a sudden right i know god (laughs) um anyways if you want to support georgia tech in the ncaa tournament uh upcoming go buy something from section 103.com use promo code Go ACC for 10% off your first order at section103.com. Tell them we sent you. Um, cannot recommend it enough. We have some, both of us do. Uh, we love our Section 103. It's always a good day when I get to wear one of my Section 103 shirts. Highly recommend that you go join us and do the same. The shirts are so good. Even I wear Georgia Tech apparel. They are great. Yeah. Bobby Dodd's my happy place. Never been there a day in my life. It's That's all, my happy place. It's all about supporting the real tech, Mike. That's all it's all about. That's... That's what I'm trying to do, I guess. <laughs> Promo code yeah, GoACC at section103.com. Mike, let's keep moving. Um, our last kind of newsy show uh, was a little bit more of a uh, venting, like therapy session for you and I, we'll say. Uh, some frustration yeah. surrounding the Jordan Addison. People seem to like situation. that, too, by the way. Yeah, got some good reviews on that. We did. Um we the, the only update that we have is that you know when we recorded that episode 
it was not official that Jordan Addison was in the transfer portal. A lot of it was still kind of speculative and reports and sources and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, we have since found out that he is officially in the transfer portal. He, he has left the door open to coming back to Pittsburgh. At this point, I would be shocked if that actually happens. He has since kind of gone on this uh, little tour of USC and Texas and a couple other places. Uh, there has, I think it was in Tuscaloosa at one point. There, uh, there have been suggestions that perhaps he or others have been given the instruction, just go visit other places so it doesn't look like you have just like committed to this place before you were even in the portal. Right. The whole thing continues to irritate me. That's what it sucks. The, yeah. Like this, this kind of stuff is, is nonsense. You know, if people want to transfer, that's okay. But I thought about it this way. If, if you and I are a student in college, we can transfer as long as you know, our credits transfer, over, that's fine. You right. don't have other colleges reaching out to you saying, Hey, do you want to come over here? Right. You don't, you don't poach people that way. It just, that that's the piece of it that really irritates me. And so it, Seems like it's going to happen. It's going to come to fruition, and Jordan Addison will be playing elsewhere from Pittsburgh. And um, just no Pitt fans. We we've got your back on that one. That 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 blows. It feels like Jordan Addison is almost waiting for things to calm down before he actually transfers to USC. Doesn't it feel that way? A little bit. Like Pete Thamel made it seem like it was a certainty, right? I hate it, and, and I I ranted about that, like how I hated the reporting on that. Um, he's just doing his job, and I just that didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um. And since then, he's just kind of been in – Jordan Addison has just been, like, in the transfer portal with no true destination. We're like, all right, where is he going? I still think it's USC, don't you? Most likely. the I mean, the Texas and the Alabama thing makes sense to me. Um, A, if you look at the receivers that Alabama has put out in recent years, like, I can see why that would be attractive to a really good wide receiver. And then B, if I'm not mistaken, his wide receivers coach from Pittsburgh uh, got hired on at Texas this offseason. Does that sound right? I need to go. That sounds right to me. There's a. Where's the name? Verify on the Google machine. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, Wide receivers coach. Uh, Yeah, Brennan Marion. Yeah, he was at Pittsburgh up until last year, uh, and he was coaching Jordan Addison. Now he's at Texas under Steve Sarkeesian. So um, you understand, you know, him wanting to go play for the guy that he's been playing for, for the last two years. Yeah. And Jordan Addison's been, Jordan Addison has been working out in Texas as well. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, do it that way. You will. Yeah. So, so yeah, looks like uh, you and I will likely not be covering Jordan Addison this fall as a host of an ACC podcast. And that's, that's kind of sad, kind of frustrating, Mike. That's it. Thanks, NCAA. Yep. Um, other piece of transfer news that came out in the last couple of days, and this caught me completely and totally off guard. I believe that we mentioned on this program that Clemson backup quarterback Ty Pumachan, uh, who I, I believe was in the same recruiting class as Big Cinco, um, he was pretty consistently the backup for the last couple of years. I know he had a couple of injury issues that he dealt with. Um, he entered the transfer portal back in December. I think it was like the very end of December kind of thing. He announced uh, in the last couple of days that he is committed to Georgia Tech. He is going to go to Atlanta to probably about the nearest 
power five school by a driving distance, if I'd imagine. Maybe George is closer. But he's going to be headed to Atlanta to play for Jeff Collins. I I didn't label quarterback as explicitly a position of need for Georgia Tech, but it's not like that's a really well settled, uh, comfortable situation either. So I would name I would name coach as a position of need. I, yeah, almost anything is pretty much a position of need for this team at this point. So you know anybody anything can help. Whatever, that's fine. Um, but I got a question though. Is Ty Pumachon, is he above the line yet? <laughs> he just transferred in. Is he above the line? Well, Mike, he just got there. And as you know, competition is king. So, um, you know, we got to wait and make sure that he is competing and getting better every single day. And we that don't he have a good teammate. And right. that he emphasizes special teams. Uh, that's important too. Even, you know, it doesn't matter if you're good at special teams, you just got to emphasize it. Um, Jeff Collins would be like, the greatest like four win high school coach ever. It's this has the makings of like a movie or like a TV show, like a sitcom. And it's just, it's totally unbelievable except it's real life. And this is what Georgia tech fans deal with right now. So yeah, I don't think he'll get, do you think he'll be worse in Fuente by the end? I I mean, if not, because, and, 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 and let me, can I explain real quick? Hmm. So, Virginia Tech held on to him through the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they probably would have found a way to negotiate the buyout move on because that's what they did, right? They negotiated the buyout down a little bit, mm-hmm. paid it to him in like two installments, said, see you later, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Enjoy enjoy the rest of your life, all your nice riches. Yeah. Um, Jeff Collins, it's kind of a similar situation where if Georgia Tech could have fired him, they probably would have already. Hmm. Yeah. So... I, I wonder now it's like, all right, we got to hold on to him longer than we want to. Does it start to just be like amongst the fan base, Georgia Tech is just like, oh my God, please like pull it in my brain. Like let's end this. My, my understanding is that it's a little bit of a complicated, sticky situation uh, where I think the boosters want him gone, but the AD is kind of sticking his neck out for Collins and, those two might might have their fates married at this point of if if Collins is going to go, the AD is going to go too. Um, Ooh, good fire Stansbury as well, huh? Maybe. And and to some degree, maybe that is a, a bit of a throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Interesting. Um, not parenting advice, by the way, Mike. But um, <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're coming. It's it's almost that time. Yeah, wow. We're getting Dead there. Just trying to make sure I'm, I'm being clear here. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> um you know, and it seems like a lot of the other sports have done really well since Stan- Stansberry has been there. Um, and yet, this is the one that is going to end up spending a lot of other people's money. And that's the thing that people will get frustrated about, I think. And so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, I think based on what I've seen so far, assuming nothing drastically changes, I mean, almost certainly he's going to be worse than Fuente when fired. Like, it's hard to imagine. Sorry. I, As someone who just went through that, it's hard to imagine. I think Fuente made a bowl game almost every year, didn't he? Like He I, he did. Collins with the exception had a sniffed of one. With the exception of one season, twenty eighteen. Um, and I guess the COVID year they decided they weren't gonna play in one. Somebody oh, yeah. did. Somebody made that call. They said it was a players only meeting, but right. not what I'm hearing. So <laughs> Well there you go. So yeah. so yeah. Ty Pumachon coming to the flats near you. Um, we will UB1. S- maybe. Can't be a whole lot worse, I guess. 
That's uh, true. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will see. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get to our listener question? I don't think so. I'm just trying to breathe. We're making good time here. We are making good time, and that's mostly because I, I can't be long-winded tonight because I literally can't breathe. So <laughs> we, we should kind of go this route more often. We'd have more efficient shows. I was gonna say we should restrict <laughs> your breathing more frequently. That, that's good. <laughs> we wouldn't be we wouldn't be recording for an hour and forty minutes, and then <laughs> at the thirty-five minutes we talk before we hit record. Whoops. Uh, yep. We got a question in, Mike, a little over a week ago from Shane. I believe this is Shane Del Solar. Uh, asks, do scholarships even matter anymore with all of the nope. NL money, NIL money going around? Why haven't we seen a, quote, NIL walk-on, a paid player who doesn't count against the 85 scholarship limit? Um, it's a good question. Um, I, I think the way that the rules are currently structured, it seems like they leave pretty much everything open and on the table. Like, there is nothing really structurally that stops this from happening, I do think in terms of, you know, paying for a scholarship for a player, like those aren't cheap. Um, and so, no, it's also hard to, because schools can't quote unquote, be directly involved in NIL dealings. Right. Mm -hmm. So allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, so you're getting to the point where it would be so widespread where coaches like, all right, we got these like 25 recruits and you gotta, you gotta pay all of them, or we really want this kid, but we can't put him on scholarship. So can you just give him like three or 400 grand so that he's not only getting his school paid for, but he's getting a little pocket change as well. Mm -hmm. That's hard to pull off even in a society right now in college football, where you can just kind of do whatever the hell you feel like. Yeah. I, I think one of the other things I've heard pointed out is this has come up in a couple different places is if, if you're a high schooler and you're being offered a scholarship to go to, you know, call it Virginia, or you're being offered money to, to come in as a walk-on to Tennessee. Like, one of the things you got to consider is that technically that scholarship is guaranteed for four years to Virginia. Um, so you know that you're going to have next four years covered. There's also room and board and those kinds of things being covered as well. At Tennessee there's not really any rules of, you know, how long does this contract or this offer have to last for? They could pull it out from under you basically at any second, it seems like. Um, and so I think there's a lot more risk involved for the player uh, if they wanted to try to take that offer. Yeah. And so you can kind and of see I, why they I, might be inclined to avoid that or, or be extra cautious if that was something they were considering. Yeah, and the folks who are going to try to rebut your argument are like, well, coaches can pull scholarships out from under players. It doesn't really happen that often. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hear like the one-offs here and there, but it really doesn't. Coaches don't do that very often. Like if there's like an injury or something like that, like they try to do the right thing. Most coaches try mm -hmm. to do the right thing to keep those kids on scholarship. It's not as widespread as you would think it is. Yeah. And, and I think coaches tend to try to be honest with the players too about, you know, it, there's something to be said about – just cause, you know, I'm going to keep you on scholarship, but you're you're not good enough to play here, kind of thing. So you can stick around and stay on the roster and that kind of thing, but you're probably not going to get into a game. But you still have to come to practice and lift weights and do all that stuff to retain your scholarship. So the player then gets to decide: well, is this really all worth it to then sit around and do nothing on Saturdays and maybe not even put on pads, much less get on the field? Um, so there's there's obviously some things 
that coaches do to push players out. Um, but it's not explicitly yanking the scholarship either. Right. So. Right. They try to keep their name out of the headlines as much as possible. Uh, yeah. Certainly for reasons along those lines. So, right. Yeah. Cause so, you want to be labeled as just like a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so that's, I mean, that's part of it. I think that's a lot of the reasoning Shane is, I mean, in theory, what you're saying is possible and it's on the table, but uh, there, there's reasons I think that some of the participants within that system would, would uh, kind of shy away from it. And, um, you know, the other thing too, I think to keep in mind, and I think this has actually come out since Shane sent the question in about 10 days ago. Uh, the NCAA came back out and put out some additional uh, guidance, I think, or rulings surrounding like what qualifies or what a, a collective qualifies as and basically yeah from an nil standpoint yeah, yeah. so yeah collectives are now seen as boosters right which further complicates the whole getting involved with players thing right um now right. will that hold up in court almost certainly not like no no shot the ncaa is in absolute shambles right now as it relates to trying to govern college football so um you know anything is anything is seems like it's fair game but it's been a horrible offseason yeah, well, I mean, how do you define horrible? Um, or what makes from, it explicitly horrible? From January to late May, the college football landscape is being completely turned on its head because we are now uh, poaching players from other schools and don't really care if the whole world knows it. Well, and being turned on its head in a way that basically does not stand to benefit almost anybody in the ACC. Correct. Except Clemson, maybe. Yeah, there's, and maybe the two Florida schools, and that's... Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, Florida probably, State, Miami, Clemson. That's probably about three. it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's hadn't been a change for the better, that's for sure. No, no. So... So on that happy note, Mike, I think that's all I've got. Uh, <laughs> anything else that we need to hit on here before we uh, get out of here and let you get back to breathing? I can't wait to go to bed. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's expedite that here. Uh, we're we're going to get out of here. We will come back and continue recording. We need to do some more installments of Tell Us About Your Team. We've gotten some good uh, feedback so far, but keep letting us hear what you think. And uh, if you're interested in helping out on a team we haven't recorded about, let us know. We've gotten some good offers. We've got some more teams that we need to uh, need to get with people about. So uh, looking forward to doing those here in the next few weeks, hopefully, uh, before we start getting into preview season. It's not that far away, Mike. Almost there. That's right. Coming up quick. Coming up even quicker this year for different reasons. Sure is. Sure is. Yeah. Uh, Mike, let's get out of here. Uh, they can come find us on Twitter. Give us their thoughts on anything we've said tonight. Let us know. We're uh, at FTRS Joey, at Mike McDaniel SI. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. Come find us on Twitter. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. All the good places you go find podcasts, go find us there. Hit the subscribe button, the follow button. Uh, do it on your phone, on your tablet. Do it on your computer. All those things help us. Uh, we really appreciate those who do. Uh, Mike, they can send us an email to the longest email address, known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Shane did that. And that, uh, that, you know, you saw how that ended up. His question got on the show. So good job. Shane. Yeah. Happens frequently. Sure does. Sure does. Oh, not just with Shane with everybody. <laughs> yeah. More than just Shane. 
Yeah. But frequently, Shane, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Shane asks a lot of good questions. Those are great questions, Shane. Thank you. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts here, Jay. Please do. Appreciate it. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else before we get out of here? Shout out Scott, graduating from his master's program tomorrow. So, your brother in law. Brother in law. Yep. Number one podcast, Dan. Self proclaimed. But, but probably. I'll give him credit for that too. Yeah. That's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, Scott. Proud of you. Happy for you. And uh, maybe now you'll have time to like text and gamble with us and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, like the rest of us degenerates. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Mike, this has been fun. Uh, we will come back and do it again soon. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, Nobody go ACC. Said.